Today's review, titled So Much Real Insight by Murphy2504. I feel like Shaleen is genuine and honest on her podcasts. She touches on real subjects, gives you tools to help you. She also admits to her own b- She's motivating without being over the top. I love it. Followed her for years in social media. Now these podcasts are amazing. Hey there. Welcome to this edition of The Shaleen Show. Today, we're going to dig deeper into body image. If you've ever found yourself envious of people whose full-time profession or full-time career or full-time pursuit seems to result in them having a beautiful body and You've wondered what it would be like to be a dancer, or a gymnast, a runner, a personal trainer, a fitness model. Well, today you'll get to hear a little bit of what it's like from their perspective. This is a really, really interesting show where my co-hosts are you, the listener. Welcome to The Shaleen Show. Shaleen is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. I want to get right to the calls, but first I want to say a thank you to everyone who has left a voicemail message. I mean, I wish I could play all of them, but then this would be like a seven-hour podcast. But some of them were so, so good. I wanted to play them in their entirety, but instead what I'm going to do is share with you an assortment, kind of a collection, so that you kind of get a better understanding of what it is like to be in one of these professions, the kind of professions where we we look at those people and we go, wow, it must just be so easy. Like that's their full-time focus. And as you're listening to these, I think you will hear that we are all on a journey, that this is pretty normal. What is my intention? Before I record any episode, I always ask myself, okay, what is the intention behind releasing or talking about this topic? My intention today is to help you understand you're normal, like it's normal. And every single person, especially females, but guys too, we all have these thoughts. But additionally, my intention behind releasing this episode today is also to help you understand that it's a continuum, like you can get better. You can definitely improve, like we can all improve and find relief and be happy So I don't want you to give up. And if you are paralyzed by these thoughts, if they control you, I want you to be aware of them. And sometimes it takes hearing other people's stories to see our own and to recognize where we were or where we have the potential to go. And the third thing that I want you to understand is that it is a process and perfection does not exist. That means You're going to make progress and you're going to get better, but don't make it your objective to never, ever again question any part of your body. It's not realistic to think that you will love every inch of your physique, that you will embrace the changes that happen as you age, that you will love it and want to show your stomach off if you gain 10 pounds. Like, you know, to be realistic about this. That's my third objective in presenting this content today is to help you understand like it's also very normal to be on the journey, right? It's like anything. Like even if you're trying to be a better parent or a better wife or a better friend, there's gonna be days where you're like, oh man, I I really kind of blew it. But I'm getting better overall. 
And the fourth and final objective of today's episode is for those of you who are parents, those of you who have young daughters, I want you to pay attention to how sometimes just one comment, putting your child in a particular environment, and I just want you to hear how some of these things that we think kids are unaffected by it and they're resilient, which is true, they are, but we have to pay attention and really use our best judgment when it comes to the environment and the message that we're sending to our kids. We have to be aware of when we're putting our own stuff on our kids. There's some comments and messages that I received that are are not voicemail messages that I, I just want to mention before we go any further. And that is, I heard from a lot of women who said, my mom and dad were obsessed with weight loss and they were constantly dieting and they didn't put it on us, but that's all they talked about and that's all they did. And I heard from one gal who said, my parents were overweight and all they did was diet and complain about their bodies. And so I learned that that's what I was supposed to do as an adult. And I also heard from a woman whose both of her parents were fitness competitors. And she said, all they ever did was diet and talk about food and other people's bodies. And even though they didn't make us do those things and they never talked about our bodies and they never made us diet, that's all that we saw was two people who, in order to like, accept each other and to have their praise, you had to have a perfect body as an adult. So these were messages that were implanted in our heads. Anyways, my fourth and final intention of this podcast is to help bring awareness to those of you who are parents. And we have to recognize that there are subliminal messages that we are sending to our children and whatever sport, whatever competitive thing that they're doing, whatever accolades they're getting right now, that is not what they're going to be doing 10 years from now. And 10 years from now or five years from now or 20 years from now, you want your kid to have a healthy attitude. You want your kid to be healthy and happy and confident and feel good about who they are. You want them to have a great relationship with food and exercise. And so don't let your own ego your own beliefs that, you know, if your kid is on the cheer squad or doing competitive gymnastics or competitive ballerina or, you know, the number one track star, whatever, like don't let those things cloud your responsibility as a parent to raise healthy, confident, happy kids who know that they're awesome, not because of their accomplishments, but because they are children of God. The first message is from a listener who was responding to episode number 444, which if you're into numerology is pretty interesting what that number represents. But episode number 444 was one where we kind of like opened up this dialogue about how easy it is to slip from having something that feels like a healthy pursuit turn into an obsession. And it can be a really slippery slope. And in that episode, the person who left a message, Camille, said, you know, I'm younger than probably a lot of your listeners. I think she's 24. But she said, you know, I I really hope that this message makes sense to everyone. So this first voicemail that you'll hear is she will actually refer back to podcast episode number 444, which, by the way, if you haven't, make sure you listen to that one after you listen to this one. Hey, I listened to your podcast last night. She made a comment. She said, I hope that your listeners will 
will understand this because they're a different generation. I wish she knew that her story is my exact story, but instead of, say, Shalene Johnson put in Jane Fonda. So I, too, was a figure skater. And I, too, felt like my skating practice wasn't enough. And I started doing Jane Fonda. I remember the day. It was January 1st, 1983. I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember doing those workouts all the time. I remember doing sit-ups while I was watching TV. Her story is so true. And it does resonate with any generation because we have the same stories and the same body image issues. And lucky for her, she caught it young. You know, I'm just catching, I mean, I'm just now, I'm 52, and I'm just now trying to come to grips with my body image and loving myself for the first time. For the first time ever, I, like, I'm not afraid to be naked around my husband sometimes. And I'm saying, like, this is very personal, but I'm going to cry. But, like, when she told that story, Shalene, that was me. But the difference is she's 24, and I'm 52. And when you're 52, you look back on everything, and I just made... I've not lived my life to my fullest, and I couldn't get a grip on it. And then I got in this industry, so it's just, it's a snowballing effect. So, um, anyway, I want you to know that her story was my story. When she starts, she was a figure skater. I just, now I gotta go teach a class, and I'm crying. I gotta fix my makeup now. Whatever. I love you. <laughs> I love that message so much. You know, and there, there is a really important message there. Number one, it's never too late. Number two, like she said, we all have these thoughts. And number three, she was imploring those of us, no matter where you are, to recognize that it is possible to free yourself from this and that if you don't, you'll hold yourself back in ways that you'll regret later. So address it now. Now, this next voicemail message is awesome because this is a young woman who's listened to the podcast and you'll hear her story, but I think you'll also note that she picked up on it really early and addressed it. Like, you know, being aware is how we reach our potential because when we're aware and we dig into things that feel uncomfortable that we want to avoid and we don't want to think about you know, when we dig into those things, we have the potential to reach our potential and to free ourselves. I just wanted to share a little bit of what I experienced as a competitive gymnast. The first thing that comes to mind is that I always thought of myself as the odd one out. I was short, still am, five foot two, since I've been 13, and stocky. My nickname was Muscles growing up because I was just, I don't know, a beast. And all of my other teammates, I felt, were tall, skinny, and graceful. However, we were all amazing gymnasts, but we were all, including me, playing the comparison game with each other. And one day, I came to practice, and our coach told us we were going to be weighed on a scale. I remember the event we were on. I remember the tears in my eyes and some of my teammates' eyes when we found out we were going to be weighed. And just the confusion I felt and wondering if I was the only one who felt uncomfortable with this. Our coach told us, oh, we're weighing you because we want to uh, compare it to with 
how high you jump on the trampoline. But I knew that was BS, even as a kid, a teen. This is what I told myself. I weigh more than most of the girls here, and I jump the highest. And I don't mean to say that in a bragging way. I just knew it. It didn't add up. It didn't connect. Why do you need to know our weight? I remember the tiny room they took us back in, and the owner of the gym weighed us while my coach was out watching us practice. It was just weird. All I could do was feel confused and want to cry. That was one of my biggest struggles with being a gymnast was wondering if my body was enough. As after I hit puberty, a little bit after, I noticed some stretch marks on my hips. And I remember researching online, being so embarrassed. Why do I have stretch marks? Is that normal? Again, playing comparison. All the other girls are so much longer, and I would... I wondered if they had stretch marks. On the days of practice that we weren't allowed to wear spandex over our Leos, I would have the worst anxiety. I didn't want to go to practice. I would cry and I would pretend I was injured or sick just so I didn't have to go. And my relationship with food started to change. As a gymnast, we were there for long practices, long hours long days at competitions so we had to pack snacks and you know my parents didn't feed us the healthiest snacks it was kind of goldfish fruit roll-up gushers granola bars definitely a different time but our coach would almost like tease us or shame us or pick call us out in front of the other teammates on the food we were eating and so my relationship with food started to change I got really anxious about eating in front of people in middle school. I would pretend like I wasn't hungry. At competitions and meets, I would I would hide when it was my downtime. I wasn't competing. I would go eat in private. And then after a meet, we usually went out to dinner with the team. You know, I'd pick the what I thought was the healthier option. You know, I didn't really realize how unhealthy it was and how bad I struggled with body image until I wasn't a gymnast anymore. And I I went to therapy and your podcasts have helped me start reflecting. And hey, now I love my butt. And every day I tell my legs I love them because I struggle. I just struggle with my body sometimes. And I've written letters to my legs telling me how blessed they are and how strong they are. And how cool they are that I am capable of doing amazing things with my body. And I just want to thank you, Shaleen, for bringing light to that darkness that we don't necessarily want to face, but sometimes we do. Ever since I was a child, as young as, I don't know, eight, nine years old, I've struggled with my body image. I had some adults in my life that would talk about my weight all the time would tell me I was getting chubby. And it just made me really, really self-conscious. Even though looking back at pictures, I was an average-sized kid. No, I wasn't as skinny as my little sister or my brother, but I wasn't overweight. And, you know, even if I was, those people should never have made me feel like I was anything less than my siblings or anybody else. You know, with that, I just, my body type my genetics. I developed cellulite very young, so I always felt ashamed when I was around my friends because they didn't have any at 12, 
13, 15, 18 years old, and I always did. So I've struggled with this my whole life. I've battled eating disorders. I've tried every product you can to, you know, get rid of cellulite and whatnot. And, you know, as I got older and I had kids, I also developed stretch marks, which made me very, very self-conscious. I felt like all my friends around me had babies, but their bodies were still flawless after. So I've always just kind of felt less than everybody else around me. Three years ago or so, I did start going to therapy, and I remembered my very first session. I said to her, I'm here because I have really bad anxiety, but I don't know if my anxiety is because of my body image issues or if my body image issues are because of my anxiety. It was kind of like a chicken and the egg situation. And we really worked through a lot of things. We did some great therapy. I did EMDR therapy, which I swear by. I love it. It helped me tremendously. But where does that bring me today? So I kind of will get to the point. I am a teacher, but also on the side, my husband and I own our own gym. We own a powerlifting kind of gym in our area. And to be honest, for the first few years that we were open, I wouldn't even go in there because I was just kind of the girl that was like, no, no, I'll just work out at home with my Shaleen videos. And, you know, as much as I still love doing those sometimes today, after a few years, he's like, come in, come in. And I fell in love with the gym atmosphere that we had created. But with that, it's also put some pressure on me to look a certain way. I don't ever wear clothes that show my stomach or my legs. I've never worn shorts to the gym. I hardly wear shorts out in public because I'm just so uncomfortable with my body. I'm just not confident enough, especially in my position as a gym owner, to show off my body because I feel that people would judge me so critically. I will say this though, I do love my body most of the time. When I look in the mirror, I see my shoulders have grown, my back has developed. There's a lot of great things I love about myself. But there are days where I still see my quote unquote imperfections. And you know what? That's normal too. I hope you're picking up on so many of the things in the stories these gals are sharing with us that it is a journey, it is a process but you're going to have to work at it. You're going to have to recognize those things that are, have a negative influence on you and you're going to have to remove them. Like that's a choice. Who you follow online, the people you surround yourself with, your tribe, what you choose to focus on, that's choice. You can follow people who look perfect and you can convince yourself that you're doing that as inspiration, or you can follow people who embrace their bodies, who look a lot more normal, who are talking about things that are healthy. And then you can choose to focus on, as she said in her message, things that are improving and things that you are proud of. Or you can choose to focus on your imperfections. Acknowledging that you have imperfections doesn't mean that you don't love your body. Okay, let me give you a personal example. I'm Scottish. My skin is practically translucent. I haven't tanned my skin in decades. I mean, I, I haven't gone out in the sun to tan my skin. When we go on vacation, I will do a spray tan. I'll do a spray tan if I have an event. But if I'm not spray tanning, like this skin is purpley and veiny and white and it's not cute. But it is what it is, you know? So my thing is, I recognize the things about myself that I love and the things that I wish I could improve, that I can improve, I do, but I can't change 
the fact that this is my skin. Like, this is my skin. My hair is fine. I was born with fine hair. I'm going to have fine hair. But I'm really good at making the most of what I have, right? And that doesn't mean that I don't love my body. It doesn't mean that I don't accept that this is my skin, right? So I can spray tan and I can wear body makeup if it comes to it, like if I need to do that. But it's not going to prevent me from accepting that I've got a lot of really, like I love my shoulders. I love that my lower body is strong. There's a lot of things I love. I'm not going to go on and on. But I'm just saying, just because I recognize certain things, it's like, oh, you know, this is what I have to deal with. I'm going to make the most of it. And by me making the most of it, no one else gets to judge me for that. I wear lashes every day. But I also have long natural lashes. I just don't feel like putting on mascara every day. So I wear lashes and I like lashes. And I like, it's relaxing for me to put on makeup. But if I'm putting on makeup, that doesn't mean I don't love my face. I actually, I like my face. And part of the reason why I like my face and I like my body and I feel sexy and I feel good, even though I know I have imperfections, but it doesn't overwhelm me. And it used to, like, my imperfections when I was doing consumer videos would take up too much space in my head. It would put me in a bad mood. It would become my focus. It would become the thing that I was worried about. And I never, ever in my entire life felt that way until I was doing consumer videos. And that's why doing certain things, like that's my example, but there might be certain things that you're doing that has sparked these feelings. And so you have to make the right choice that's healthy for you. I made the choice that's healthy for me. That doesn't mean that someone else can't do it and be healthy in it. But for me, I didn't like thinking about that all the time. I was like, what in the world is going on? I've never compared myself to other women. I've never worried whether I was lean enough or tall enough because I like I know I'm an awesome person. I know I'm a good person. And I know those things don't even matter. So why am I obsessing about these things? Well, the only thing that's different is I'm doing these consumer videos and I made a decision. And when we make decisions, sometimes that means making a sacrifice. But perhaps you're in an environment or in a job or in an industry or you've surrounded yourself with a kind of tribe or maybe it's the people that you're following. I'm just suggesting that you have choice and you have to be strong enough in your belief in yourself and knowing what's good for you and knowing what's healthy for you. And you need to place a priority on that above everything else. And it's not easy, especially when you feel like you're letting people down. Shalane, I just listened to the last few episodes you recorded and I have such mixed feelings. I love the work that you do. I've been following you for many, many, many years. I do wish that we could see more work from you because I have been in a place personally for a very long time now where I've not felt good about fitness. It's been a struggle for me to take care of myself because I don't want to fall back into old bad habits. And I do miss working out with you. I love you. Love, love, love the work you do. Keep going. My name is Jen. I am a stylist working in the beauty industry for the last 24 years. And when I say that working in front of a mirror puts a lot of pressure on someone, it is absolutely a fact. I am constantly feeling the pressure of looking younger and looking fit and looking quote unquote perfect. I 
feel like I can never get older. I feel like I have to do everything in my power to keep myself looking young. And it is so much pressure. I just want to be proud that I'm a healthy, happy 46-year-old woman. So I thought that message was really interesting because, you know, she's a stylist. So she's styling people who are going to be on camera, I assume, like maybe for photography or video. I'm, I'm not sure. But she's a stylist, yet she's in front of a mirror. So she's probably putting clothes on people. People look at her and they look at her style to see, OK, is she with it? Like, does she get it? You know what I mean? Like, it's just like a hairdresser. You look at their physique and you say, well, if they can't take care of themselves, if they can't style themselves, if they can't do their own hair, if they can't train themselves, how can I expect them to do something more for me? And we would expect that people who are in front of the camera feel that pressure. But it's not just the people in front of the camera. It's she's in an industry where it's all about image. I've seen this a lot and not just in fitness, but in other industries where the people who are a part of the team that's in charge of putting the people on camera or on film or in photography, that those people often suffer also from almost this body dysmorphia, this or this the constant thinking about your image and how you look because you're in that industry. Even if you feel like, well, I'm not the person on camera, you're around this and you're surrounded with it all the time. So I'm just sharing these messages with you because I want these messages to make you think, to help everyone realize you have control. Jen, you're so talented. You're so good at what you do. And there's a million ways for you to help people and to style people that doesn't involve you feeling like you have to show up a certain way. I'm telling you, there's a million ways to help people online. There's things that you could do differently. And if it does feel that way, I just want you to examine what it is, the choices you have available to you that would allow you to, again, not just wipe this out permanently because we're all human, but for you to feel much more confident and beautiful and less pressure and more joy. I don't know exactly what that will look like for you, but I can tell you I'm still a fitness professional. I'm still creating workouts. I'm still helping people get fit. I've just found a way for me to do it today, right now in this season, that allowed me to feel the joy again. And again, it was all my own stuff, right? Like I don't blame anyone and I think it can be healthy for other people. But for me, I wanted to be more aware of how I could bring that joy back to something that created a high, like fitness and helping people gave me a high that cannot be described. When I noticed, when I was became aware that a component of that was robbing me of my joy, I had a decision to make. And I may change my mind later. I may find a way in the future that allows me to do that in a way that also keeps me very joyful. I have to say doing Pio was a very, very joyful project for me. It was really joyful. So I, I know that there's a way and I think that there's a way for you. And when I say you, I'm not just talking to Jen, I'm talking to you, you the listener. Whatever it is that you're doing, if you've lost the joy, if you're consumed by a feeling of inadequacy, if you don't ever feel like you'll be enough, if you don't feel like you can take a day off, if you feel like you're held hostage, 
by the standards in your industry or the standards of your tribe or whatever it is, you know, it's your responsibility to consider alternatives. There's a way for you to still find joy in what it is you do. You just have to be creative. So I'll just dump right into it to share my story of how I went from being a professional dancer and I just developed this horrible, horrible binge eating disorder and I absolutely hated my body because all I knew was how to be a skinny dancer who ate brownies but trained all day and I had no idea how to take care of my body and I looked around at all these fit women and I just hated, hated looking at myself in the mirror. And then one day I had a really bad seizure and I fell and hit my head And I was paralyzed from the left side of my face all the way to my toes. My whole left side of my body was paralyzed and I ended up in the hospital. And it was very traumatic because there was no lights, no sound, nothing because my migraines were so intense. It was horrible. And I learned at that point that if I didn't really give myself a second chance in life, give my all and overcome this horrible depression, then I didn't deserve to live. And the doctor said, you know, you might not walk it without another six months of in-home therapy if this is going to be a hard journey. But thankfully, I was able to get my face back and then my arm back and then eventually my leg back. And when I did, I realized, okay, I'm here. I'm ready to go. Give this a second chance. And in seven months, I dedicated myself to my first bodybuilding show. I lost 70 pounds in seven months. I took first place in open and was nationally qualified. And this was September 2018. And then after that, I encountered a new body image disorder, which was understanding that not having a six pack and being shredded was okay. You know, I started coaching people. I started becoming a little bit of an influencer on here. And I realized that it started to affect my mental health. You know, oh my gosh, I don't have a six pack, which everyone rewarded me for. They told me I was amazing from being 210 pounds to 140 pounds shredded out of my mind. And, but I realized it was still not healthy. It still wasn't the real healthy, happy me that I was looking for. But finally, after several months of just working through my mental health, realizing that my value lies in me feeling happy, healthy, and sustainable, not whatever anyone else thinks I need to be. And I feel like I finally, finally have found that balance and I have my ups and downs but I'm so grateful that I've still been able to find this balance with myself, this inner peace. And I'm hoping that I can share it with so many other women and that you can love your body, you know, because health really comes down to happiness and good blood work. And I really, you know, I appreciate this opportunity for letting me submit this voice clip and, and thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Wow. And thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Thank you, everyone who left a voicemail message. I wish I could play them all. They were all so meaningful. But this last one, I think, is really profound, and here's why. It's a journey. And when we keep thinking that obtaining a certain physique or a certain look will make us happy and will fix everything, we will arrive there. We'll, we'll make the sacrifices. We'll sacrifice our mental health in order to achieve that physical look. And time and time again, you hear these stories. You heard them today of women who made the sacrifices, who did whatever it took to get there, only to find that that didn't deliver to them true happiness, 
true happiness comes from a sense of peace. True happiness comes when we we love ourselves. Think about it. You can't love other people if you don't love yourself first. And that doesn't mean loving every single inch of your body. That doesn't mean that you're ignoring your imperfections. It doesn't mean that you've let go or that you don't care about the way you look or that you don't care about how much you weigh or your physical appearance or or your health, but it means you're realistic. It means you're giving yourself grace. It means that you've let go of the obsession. It means that you understand your physical appearance has nothing, do you hear me, nothing to do with your value. You are an amazing person. You're a good person. You bring joy to other people. And the people who love you the most, they don't care what you look like. They don't care what you weigh. They care about you. So why do we care what strangers think? Why does it matter what size we're wearing when truly what matters is how healthy are you? And health should be defined by so much more than what exercise plan you're following, what size you're wearing, and even so much more than the food that you're eating. Health is your mental status, the status of your relationships, your resilience, your ability to bounce back, your belief in yourself, your confidence, your ability to contribute to the well-being of others. Listen, I don't think that we can solve this in one podcast, but I do want you to remember today that this is a journey and you have choice. And if there's something in your life that's not making you feel good, if there's a part of your tribe, if there's something you're exposing yourself to, if there's websites that you're looking at, like Pinterest or social media or Instagram or certain accounts that you're following or certain podcasts you're listening to or career that you're in or the way that you are in your career, be creative. Care enough about your total well-being that you're thinking about, not just the physical. No matter what, you can't escape the fact that we're all aging and a cucumber is never going to be a cucumber again. You know, you can choose to be a a limp dill pickle, or you can choose to be a crispy, crunchy, sweet baby dill, but you're not going to be a cucumber again. So make the most of it. Don't give up on your pursuit of greatness, but remember that greatness is so much more than your physical appearance because, girlfriend, you and I both know the people who we love the most, it has nothing to do with their physical appearance. Nothing. You are amazing. You're beautiful. You're valuable. You're lovable. You're sexy. You're smart. You're unique. You have a gift. You were meant to do great things. Do not dishonor your life by allowing your pursuit of a physical appearance, a look to hold you hostage. I love you. I mean it. And I'll talk to you soon. This is Ashley Sweeney, 131 Method Program Director and Lead Registered Dietitian. I know you've heard Shalene talk about the life-changing 131 Method, right? Well, we have a special deal that we're sharing with podcast members first. Because Shalene loves you so much, we want to get you a cool offer for summertime. So if you join the 131 Method now, you'll get a free set of the Hydration System bottles. That's a three-pack of water bottles with a cute little carrying case to keep you hydrated and looking cute at the pool this summer. 
Take advantage of the special offer now at shaleenjohnson.com forward slash 131 podcast. Once you've signed up for your 131 Method membership, you'll receive a separate email from customer service for the free hydration system with a one-time use only code. You'll get that within 24 business hours of your purchase, Monday through Friday. Shipping will be free for those who live in the continental U.S. And I hope to see you inside the 131.